great thing about it is that there's not a lot of content out there. So the people that do have the headset that are into the VR, they're looking for content. They're, they really mm. want the content, right? So that's kind of what we did. And also right now there's not too many platforms where the VR uh, video can be hosted. So we live streamed it to YouTube and uh, people with the headset are able to uh, see the footage in full VR. So they're like looking into the room. And what we did also is at the venue did give a, a demo uh, so people could watch uh, with the headset. So they were, they were there, but they could also like put on the headset and see what it would look like uh, in VR. In today's episode, we're interviewing Alicia Piriolo. She is a event and marketing professional that I connected with on LinkedIn. She's got an extensive portfolio of successful corporate events in the metaverse, virtual events. She is also the president of the award-winning nonprofit music organization, Syncopated Noise Foundation in Canada. And she's been involved in planning, coordinating, and marketing many, many in-person conferences, galas, trade shows, music festivals, and more. She's also a musician in her own right, an instrumental cinematic music composer. She's incredibly talented, and we get into all kinds of things about how to get into the music industry if you're interested in it, how the music industry events and how other industry like trade shows and, and corporate events, how those are related and, and in what ways those are different. We talk a lot about the marketing side of things. We touch a little bit on the organization side. We talk a lot about how to build a career in event organization and event promotion, especially for those that are really interested in emerging technology. She has some really cool experience putting on some events for the metaverse. So super excited for this one. Check it out. EventFesta is a simple yet powerful tool for event organizers. With EventFesta, you can post your upcoming events to event calendars all through your city on the most popular websites without spending hours on each doing it manually. Get hours worth of marketing done for your events in five minutes or less with EventFesta. Check out how EventFesta can help your business today by checking out festa.fun slash podcast. Well, hey, Alessia, thank you for joining us for the Event Promoter Podcast. I'm excited to have you. We connected kind of randomly on on LinkedIn. I think you might have seen one of the other podcasts. So I was scrolling through your LinkedIn profile and kind of <laughs> amazed by all the things that you've done in the thank music you. industry and in the event industry. So I want to just give you a chance to like kick it off and, and just give us a little bit of background. Let's start. I always like to start with like the present. Like what are you working on kind of at a high level right now? And then if you want to, we can kind of talk back to some of like sure. how you got into that. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, to chat with you, and uh, thank you so much for uh, for putting together this uh, this great podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, so let's start with where you're at right now. What are some of the? I see that you're president of the Syncopated Noise Foundation, and you're obviously doing a bunch of other work in the event space. So, what are some of those things that you're? What is Syncopated Noise, first of all, and then like what are some of the other things you're working on? Yeah, sure. So, Syncopated Noise is a music nonprofit organization. Um, I started working on this. Well, I started doing events in 2014, and then I got into my first events were more like music events. And mm -hmm. then it kind of grew from there. So I created this, uh, it's, an, it's a nonprofit based in Montreal. And we basically uh, do events and activities for, uh, for emerging musicians. Uh, we've done a lot of different types of, uh, of music events, um, concerts, conferences. And yeah, it's something that I really, I'm really passionate about. Uh, so I have that going on. And then I'm also working um, on uh, corporate events, trade shows all over the US, Canada. So I'm really like doing a lot of different types of, uh, of events in the industry. And it's really exciting because 
each event is just different, you know, it has its mm -hmm. own, uh, you know, characteristics. And I'm always constantly obviously learning. And it's really great to see that, you know, each event is kind of its own, its own little project or big project. And it's really, it's really exciting uh, to see how uh, the uh, industry has evolved over the past few years. And I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to work in so many different industries, nonprofit sector, public, private, you name it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I am today. That's exciting. So it's cool because you have a, a mix of a lot of people are like either in the music industry yeah. or maybe in performing <laughs> arts or they're in trade shows and conferences. So having that kind of swath of experience is, is pretty cool to to be able to uh, mix and match those inspirations. And yeah, exactly. I, I don't get bored. That's for sure. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> when you're good. stuck doing a specific kind of event, you know, it kind of it could get repetitive. But I, I've done so many different uh, types and so many industries. So it always it keeps it really interesting. So you obviously love events and I want to <laughs> ask you this question of like, what is it that you think that makes events important? Events bring people together, you know, since the beginning of time, we've gathered <laughs> together, whether around a fire or, you know, it's just kind of our nature to, uh, to, to bring people together and, you know, just that interaction, it, it just, they just make people happy. Right. So when you're mm. organizing the event, you're kind of like party organizer, <laughs> you know, it's just really great to see. The, um, you know, people come together, uh, network, you know, you build really great relationships with people and, you know, just kind of like working from like the beginning of the event, the early planning to actually seeing it happen and come together. It's really exciting because then you see all the, you know, all the months of work that you put behind it and then it comes to life and you're like, oh, you know, like you really get to see the finished product and anything you do well, you'll be able to see and everything that you don't do well, you'll also be able to see <laughs> And those are the things the attendees notice. I, I always feel like a, yes. like if the stuff that goes well, everyone's like, yeah, cool. That was cool. And then but. it's the thing that goes wrong. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people will always tend to notice those little things that, you know, always the negative, uh, which is fine. I think at this point, like every event planner is used to it. You're like, but but what about all these other great things that happened? But yeah, oh, the events will always say, oh, but the food or, you know, this happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to wait too long in line or I mean, and it's yeah. it makes us into a bit of like perfectionists because we have uh, to be perfectionists and we have to be able to take criticism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, um, yeah, you, you kind of learn to build a strong personality when you're in the event industry because people will criticize you all the time. So you kind of have to get used to it. Even if there's no such thing as a perfectly planned event, I've learned to realize that. And I used to be really tough on myself to say, you know, I have to, it has to be perfect. There's no such thing. Unfortunately, there's always going to be areas of improvement, but that's what really makes us really uh, resilient uh, professionals and uh, always learning uh, to make things better. I, I think that in, in my experience, it's very much a, a you're a perfectionist up until the yeah. day of the event. And then you're just like, okay, whatever happens, I'm just going to roll with it and try to solve problems as best I can. Yeah, there, there's a few uh, images I've seen, like uh, definitions of event professionals. It goes from like magician, <laughs> a professional problem solver. Yeah, when, you, when you're like on site the day of the event, it, like all the randomest things happen, you know, like things that you didn't think like, really? The truck broke down, like flat tires, yeah. uh, people like the weirdest things happen you always have to be prepared for it and there's just things that are always going to be outside of your control so you just kind of learn to be this like you know the day of the event i always take deep breaths and be like okay well i wonder what is going to go wrong today because the reality is there's always going to be something and you always have to be ready to like <laughs> solve solve the problems 
Yep. As they come up. So to go back a little bit, where, how did you get into events? You told me that this was not like what you studied or, or not at all. thought you were going to do. <laughs> so how did you end up in events uh, and get to where you're at now? Yeah. So when I was little, I was always passionate about, you know, like the universe and the science. I was just mm. a big geek <laughs> studying, like reading science books, astronomy. So yeah, I went into the science field thinking I'd be uh, one day would be a, you know, a scientist. <laughs> working either in a lab or behind a telescope or something. But yeah, when I was in, uh, you know, I studied in university, I studied at Concordia, uh, I was doing a Bachelor of Science and um, just, you know, I, I always had this thing about, you know, just organizing, uh, you know, uh, events. I, I kind of, it, it was it's really strange how it all happened because I was a musician. I kind of put music aside mm. because I really had to focus on, you know, doing my work. And then as I got towards like my last years of university, I was like, hey, now I might have like a little bit more time to focus a little bit on music. So I started um, performing and I started organizing my own, my own shows and my own events. And, you know, uh, other musicians, other artists were like, hey, you know, like you're, you're really good at this. Can you help me uh, plan my own event? They're always like packed my events, you know, they had good attendance. So it just kind of got into it. And I realized like, okay, I, maybe I'm good at this. Maybe, you know, let's, let's try and explore this, uh, this new skill. And then as soon as I graduated, I just kind of was like, you know what? I actually, you know, I enjoy this and I, and I like doing this. Let's try it out and actually turned into my career because then I went, you know, I started working on like bigger music events, music festivals. And then I, I started working more like on the corporate side, which was interesting because, you know, it, there's really a lot of transferable skills, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so I started working on all different types of events and it just kind of went from there. I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm going to, I'm going to be a, an event professional now, <laughs> but obviously there was a lot of learning that went into it. You know, I had to, uh, I went back to, you know, study and, and, you know, learn about the marketing because there's, there's so many different things. So there's so many skills that an event professional need to have. So I just kind of did the learning by trial and error, but also went back and did some, uh, you know, some studying and really, um, learn a lot about like the industry and pick up new skills. Yeah, I think we've talked about this. Uh, I, I made a post about it recently about the difference mm -hmm. between organizers and promoters. Yeah. And I'd love to hear just your take on that because you have you're a certified uh, marketing professional and obviously you didn't go to college for that. So that was like an opportunity for you to go back and learn about that. Like what is your there's so much crossover, but like just what are your there thoughts is. on the difference between those two pieces of the puzzle? Yeah, for sure. So an event professional, so an event planner is, you know, um, can be very specialized into the logistics and the planning of the event. Um, so anything from, you know, dealing with the caterers, the, the suppliers, so really like all the planning of the event. The event promoter, in the other hand, is responsible for, yes, obviously making sure the event is uh, happening <laughs> and yeah. well planned, but also um, responsible for uh, the marketing and making sure that people also attend the event. So the event uh, promoter is really uh, is really a marketing professional in terms of driving attendance, uh, understanding who's the audience, marketing the event, make sure people attend the event. So although there are similarities, there are really two different types of uh, two different types of skills that you need to have. And I've had the opportunity to be on both sides as the event planner, but also the event promoter. Um, and being the event promoter is definitely, uh, I find more difficult because you need to get, <laughs> you know, you, you need to have, you know, <laughs> people attending the event, you need to have people present and, you know, sometimes you're faced with things like, oh, there's a snowstorm, there's a power outage, or there's a pandemic, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> um, so it's definitely challenging, but I've, I've really learned a lot from doing, uh, from wearing both hats, being the event, the planner, but also the promoter and getting people to attend the event. But you need, really need to be like on the promoter side, you need, really need to know your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like 
you that's something you had no experience with before and then you yeah. just like learned it on the job slash you know found some education opportunities yeah exactly and i have to say um you know a lot of the marketing is very analytical you're looking looking at data you're understanding trends you're looking at numbers you're looking at you know understanding your audience so i did find that you know some of the things that i learned in in science are kind of you know applicable uh to uh, marketing so that that really helped me you know it, it it taught me to be very analytical, looking at the numbers and the data and building strategies to, to increase those numbers. So that's something that I found like, you know what, maybe I'm not like too far off. I'm still kind of doing <laughs> the science when I, when I'm doing the marketing. Uh, but definitely those, those are skills that I had to learn. I had to learn about digital marketing and really like finding all the different ways that you can, uh, you know, market and promote the event and drive attendance. Yeah. So on that note, like what are what are some of the things that you found have been the most successful for you uh, for promoting events? So it really comes down to understanding like who your audience is, doing the research about the competition. Like the worst thing you want to do is like, you know, try plan an event when you know there's going to be like 20 music festivals. Let's say, you, let's say you're planning a music event. You don't want to plan it the same week that you're going to have like major music events or festivals, right? The same thing goes with like the major conferences. You want to make sure that you're, you know, look at your competition, do the research, you know, don't book an event where you have, you know, like <laughs> major holidays, like you really need to do your research and understanding your audience and use all the different marketing um, tools that you have available. So don't just focus on social media, you know, uh, you need to do your, your email marketing, you basically need to be everywhere. Uh, you need to have an online presence everywhere. And I also still believe in the power of traditional marketing, you know, print media ads. So those are things that have worked well for me. And sometimes I'm surprised, you know, you think a certain audience is going to be more on a specific platform, but then you realize that using all the different tools and being everywhere is, uh, is a good, is a good strategy. So just, you know, when you look at the marketing budget, try to kind of diversify your, uh, your reach. Yeah. I think there's something about like, and, and people use more than one platform. So if they are on one platform and they see it and then they see a billboard or a flyer or something about yeah. it. And then a friend tells them about it. It kind of seems like this, like, well, why am I not, something's going on here and I need to be there, you know? Yeah, exactly. And also like platforms like change and evolve. So you need to be up to date with what's, you know, kind of like where people are and learn the different, uh, different platforms. And sometimes, you know, I've had times where I've, you know, promoting an event on a specific platform worked in the past. But then mm. now I'm like having using like uh, another platform might work because, you know, just people have moved to the other platform or, you know, trends have changed. So one thing that's really important as an event professional is to stay up to date with what's happening. And yeah, you know, get the certifications, and stay up to date with also the, the knowledge because it's always changing. Like something that worked 10 years ago in marketing might not work today. So it's constantly evolving. And even when you're using the old, like an older channel it, it still sometimes is the same channel but it's new strategies like you might be using yeah, facebook exactly but yeah. it's a new strategy or it might there might be new ways to use billboards or new ways to use like flyers or brand ambassadors and that kind of stuff what are some of the uh like just to get a little granular on this like what are some sure. of the things that you're seeing like right now that are kind of trends uh, or things that you've tried recently, you're like, oh, wow, that's worked really well, or oh, that's not working anymore. Yeah, so things like uh, doing uh, like giveaways or, um, you know, specific promotions around the event, getting people to like actually get other, like to talk to other people about it, you know? Yeah, and, and email marketing, I'm, I'm still surprised of how well that works. Because <laughs> when people check their email, they're just like, you know, it's that one place where you don't get other distractions. Basically, like staying up to date with, uh, with the different trends, and they're, they're constantly evolving. And like, you know, we might be talking about something now and like a few months from now, it might be something different, you know, 
Um, yeah, you got to try yeah. stuff for yourself because there's always like if you read a blog post or see a, something like this and it's like, yeah, that might work, but also could be outdated or it could come back around. Like yeah, um, exactly. one question when you when you say email, I, there's kind of some nuances with email marketing about like what people mean when they say that. Yeah. Can you describe like what I mean? And you might have more than one thing going on. Are you emailing people that are already like on a newsletter and already signed up? Are you yeah, exactly. buying access to a newsletter? Are you like- Yeah, exactly. So uh, building an email list is very important of people that are actually interested in receiving updates and content from you. And sometimes like I've, I've, I've known like organizers that it's kind of like they tend to forget about those people, but yeah. they subscribe to your newsletter. Uh, they've like literally told you, send me information about, you know, your events. <laughs> so you want to keep them engaged and you want to make sure that you, you do reach out to these people because they've, you know, they've given you permission to reach out to them. So, you know, just keeping them engaged and not forget about them because yeah, I, I find that email marketing is still like pretty powerful along with like all the other platforms, social media, obviously. Um, and, and really dig into like the analytics and see like, when's the best time to post actually, uh, a lot of, uh, Facebook now has like a lot of native tools that are very good for mm -hmm. looking at, you know, they actually tell you like the best times to post during the day. And especially if you're promoting events, like in different parts of the world, you have a different audience that is everywhere. You want to do like different content strategies and really target those different areas, different times of the day. I find there's a lot of uh, tools now that are native to the platforms that are also very, very helpful um, in understanding and posting the right time of day and reaching more people. Yeah, I think a lot of the platforms as they've gotten more mature have, have yeah. given a lot of tools uh, if you pay attention to help you because they want you to be successful on the platform because yeah. they want you to come back and obviously they want you to spend some money there too but they want you to be successful when you do spend money also so yeah uh, and also one thing you might you just kind of made me think of that is um you know like now that we can we have different event formats now it's not just in person you can do the you can do have an event online and in person you can have hybrid formats so obviously when you thought about driving attendance to an event you were initially was like, oh, you have to think about the, the local area, right? The area where the event is attending. Now it's so powerful because you can actually reach people all over the world. So you can do an event in person, but have a hybrid, like a virtual component. Now your audience is basically the world, right? So you have, you can market the event everywhere. So um, there's a lot of power in that. You can you can reach people all over the world now with uh, with events and give them the opportunity to, to attend. And also um, that is just so much more of an inclusive strategies because even people, let's say people that couldn't attend the event that have disabilities or like whatever they, they couldn't attend in the past or they're located somewhere else they're unable to make it for whatever reason now they're able to be there so I think it's really important that you know we're exploring this new side of um, these new event formats to be more inclusive and um, really like reach more people worldwide so I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunities there on that note uh, I know you hosted a really cool uh, like metaverse live concert thing recently can you tell me a little bit about that yeah for sure so uh, the event was uh, was produced by uh, syncopated noise foundation uh, we had a whole team behind it so I wanted to try something different since you know everybody been talking about the metaverse how big it's going to be um, so I wanted to uh, definitely explore uh, you know, new, a new event format, obviously VR technology, you know, going back to my initial mission, it was support emerging musicians and VR technologies are currently, they're very expensive. If you want to produce a VR event, the technology is not super accessible. If you don't have a huge budget, like all the artists who have done VR events, there are like, like big art, big productions mm -hmm. uh, that I've been able to afford it. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do something bold and try something out here and uh, do a VR event. And it was actually live streamed in VR, which a lot of people said, okay, you're, <laughs> you're crazy. Because <laughs> as you know, already, like just doing a regular live streamed event, there's so many things that can happen. 
but yeah, we live streamed it in VR. We had people in person and then we had a live audience. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, turned out to be a success. And uh, I think it's really great to uh, step out of your comfort zone sometimes and, and try different things and also give the opportunity for the, for the online viewers to be more, uh, more involved and, and have a more immersive experience. The technology is there, obviously. Um, it's not as far ahead as we'd like it to be. So anytime we talk about the metaverse, you know, there's always like, we have to think about the error margin. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, can and will go wrong, but I think it's important to really push ourselves and, and try to get like the technology there. The, the fastest way we're going to get ahead is if we try things and move forward with, uh, with the technology. Otherwise it's just going to be a slower, a slower process. But yeah, I'm really proud of it. The event was called Immerse Montreal. And, uh, and we had six artists performing and uh, the event was put into two, two parts. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see where that's gonna go and also to see where other event professionals are, are taking things. It's really, it's really exciting times. Can you describe what the VR aspect of that looked like? Like how is that different than just a live stream? Uh, it's basically more immersive. And when people think VR, they're like, oh, I need a headset. Um, you don't necessarily need a headset. If you don't have one, it's gonna be obviously, uh, it's gonna be a 360 view. Uh, so basically you're gonna be able to kind of like move your phone and you get to see the like the room. And what the great thing about it is that there's not a lot of content out there. So the people that do have the headset and do uh, that are into the VR, they're looking for content They're, they really mm -hmm. want the content right so that's kind of what we did um and also right now there's not too many platforms where the vr uh, video can be hosted so we live streamed it to youtube yeah no it was uh, it was really great and uh, people with the headset are able to uh, see the footage in full vr so they're like looking into the room and what we did also is at the venue did give a, a demo uh so people could watch uh with the headset so they were they were there but they could also like put on the headset and see what it would look like uh, in vr so uh, they were really That's excited, cool. like they kind of got lost in their own world. They were <laughs> like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> Where did you have the, I'm assuming you're using like a 360 camera yeah, to exactly. stream that. And then like, where did you have that at in the venue? We had that, we placed it in the middle of the room because it had such a wide angle. So we were able to capture, like, it's it's crazy. We only used one camera, but it was just yeah. like a really, really obviously great camera for, to capture like the full view. And then when you see with the headset, you're actually able to see like the floor, you see like the whole event surroundings. So uh, it's it's really great. And obviously the, the artists were really excited because you know, it's they wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have access to the, that kind of technology, those kind of budgets to be able to you know perform. And obviously, we received the government funding to be able to do this uh, from the government of Canada, Factor Canada. So they were able to make this happen for us because, like I said, it's not it's not super accessible. Yeah, what is that government funding? Is that for like event innovate like technology innovation or what's the? Um, it's a mix it a of yeah, technology uh, innovation, uh, but also to uh, to support specific initiatives and and to develop uh, the uh, Canadian uh, the Canadian music industry. So there's there's grants available for that. A lot of people or artists don't know about it or event professionals, but there are uh, there is funding available. You just have to have a really good idea, a team, and and uh, execution to be able to uh, to make it happen. Cool. So how did you go about, how do you go about promoting an event like that? Yeah, different marketing strategies, um, being everywhere, trying, trying different things and obviously target the VR <laughs> communities, mm -hmm. right? So for this type of event, you have to understand, okay, who, who consumes this type of content? Where are they? And figuring out ways to, uh, to reach them. 
so an event like that, it's really about targeting uh, the communities that are like, you know, they use, they, they are into this type of content and are actively looking for it. Uh, the great thing about new types of formats like that is that there are communities online, even, you know, social media, uh, people that are, you know, they, they, they are looking for the content. They have the headset, but, you know, there's just not enough content that they're able to, uh, to consume. So they were thrilled to know that there was a music event in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's, I think that's a, uh, you know, that touches on an important thing of like, sometimes instead of trying to convince and, and try to force a bunch of people to come to your event that are maybe not interested. Yeah. <laughs> like finding where the people are that are interested and are already going to be interested. It's like a lot. Yeah, exactly. And it helps to kind of narrow down your, your, uh, your market. I would rather market to the right people than market to all the people. Like, yeah. cause you know, those people are going to be interested in, in your event. So they have a higher probability of, of attending. Cool. Yeah. I think that we could talk about that forever. Oh, yeah. I'd have to come have you come back on the podcast sometime later to talk specifically just about the the VR stuff. And maybe you'll have done some more stuff by then too. What is if you were just gonna give some advice to someone that's just getting into event organizing and mm-hmm. or event promoting, what what would that look like? Like if so, you know, someone that's like you were, you know, just hosting some shows or something in college as a musician or whatever, what 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 advice would you give them? That's a great question. And uh, I've, I've I'm asked that question a lot with people that are like, hey, how did you get into the industry? Like, you know, you weren't in this before. So how did you go there? You just have to have um, the motivation and like just kind of not fear what it's going to look like and just kind of go for it. Um, if you have an idea, if there's something you want to do or try, you just have to kind of of, uh, just kind of kind of do it there's no how-to guide especially like the event industry and like you know um the creative industries you just really have to uh just go out there and 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 try things and it's okay if you fail at the beginning you know I, i've produced events that at the beginning were like okay it's my family and friends here great <laughs> how do i get people that i don't know like yeah. out there to come to my event so when i started to see that that was kind of my motivator i'm like oh hey there's there's a room full of like just like 500 people here and i don't know like like most of them so that that's when you know you're like okay like I'm actually reaching people that are outside of my network and they're actually have an interest in attending my event um so um it's small steps and little wins and sometimes like you know you're not going to see the progress right away and um it takes time and you really have to like just believe in yourself and um and just do it for long long enough you're going to see the progress a lot of times people quit before they're able to they're, they're really close to that line when it's like okay you're able to you know make this a career um, but because you don't see the results right away, um, I think um, that's why a lot of people struggle. But patience and persistence are going to get you are going to get you far. Great, that's really good advice. Thank you. <laughs> Probably for anything, but especially in the the event industry, takes a certain amount of tenacity uh, and, and it really does. Initiative. <laughs> Um, okay, so just to wrap it up, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience, um, either parting wisdom or and also just a way that if someone wants to follow you and, and check out some of these events that you're doing and learn from you, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can follow me on uh, on LinkedIn. I uh, do promote a lot of. I also it's a great place also to talk about events and uh, and to promote events. Um, so uh, it's Alessia Priolo on LinkedIn. Uh, my organization is uh, Syncopated Noise. Org. We promote a lot of events on the website. Yeah, feel free to uh, reach out for any any event tips, advice. Always happy to to share uh, my journey and uh, any tips uh, on promoting events or how to get into the event industry. Always happy to uh, to share this kind of information. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Event Promoter Podcast. Event Promoter Podcast is brought to you by Event Vesta. Check out Event Vesta at 
info.eventbesta.com. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'd love a rating. Tell us how the show has been for you. If you leave a comment uh, when you rate us on Apple Podcasts, we'll make sure to shout that out in one of the future episodes. If you have any questions for me as an event promoter or for one of our guests, we can bring those up uh, on those calls. Thanks for listening and make sure to share this with other event promoters that you think this would be helpful for. Thanks.